Baker Mayfield, undraftable, off my board. The Cleveland Browns select Baker Mayfield. Welcome into the OBR Film Breakdown. I'm your host, Jake Burns. Once again, on Friday, we will be joined by our guest, our usual guest, our great guest, John Colosimo. In the meantime, before we get to that guest, got to talk to you about TickPick. You've heard me talking about him every single day on this podcast for a week now, maybe two weeks, I can't remember. T-I-C-K-P-I-C-K. Use them personally in Texas. Great results. The price as advertised is the price you pay at the finish line. Used the promo code BREAKDOWN. Again, TickPick, T-I-C-K-P-I-C-K dot com slash breakdown. Get $10 off your first usage. If you're going to Texans game, going to the Bears game, use it. Take advantage of $10 off. They're going to get you the tickets to your email within an hour after you purchase. It's a fantastic opportunity that has a lot of great things inside the application as well in terms of local food around the uh, stadium, uh, hotel options, Uber options, all the great stuff you need all wrapped up in one great app. So, Make sure you take advantage of TickPick, and again, they will match up to 110% if you find a cheaper seat than what they offer on their website or application. So, take advantage. If you're going to a game, use them. Now, we shift over to our guest, John Colosimo, who again, just a subtle reminder, will be joining us every Friday. We're going to talk about the game before, the game coming up, and a little bit of everything in between around the NFL. John, how are you? I'm doing great. How you doing, Jake? I'm hanging in. I'm hanging in, man. It has been a week of travel. You're more experienced in this than I am. I think American Airlines, just to give you some uh, some of Jake's struggle here, he paid thirty dollars. I, I just third person myself, my friend. I uh, <laughs> I paid thirty dollars for a check in bag. I've only flown Southwest. Paid thirty dollars for a check in bag, and then realized that I didn't have to do that. I could just take it through security, and they will just like if they think it's a it's a bag that doesn't fit in a, is a stowaway, they'll. They'll put a tag on it and take it with them. You ought to pay the 30 bucks. So they got me for 30 and then, <laughs> you know, figured out I need to get some more convenient luggage stuff. If I'm going to travel very ill-equipped, very ill-equipped, not, not my best, uh, not my best experience, but we made it there. One piece, made it back one piece, a lot of stuff in between, tried to do some shows, tried to do some, uh, some, 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 you know, chalk talks. I, I'm going to put those on YouTube, by the way, guys, I'm going to have those up on our YouTube channel instead of Twitch, since we're not going to do them live. Have Kyle Murphy talking about 50 minutes of O-line play. Have 49 minutes of John Stephenson talking about the Browns coverage and where things went wrong. And then I'm going to try to make it a perfect 48 minutes on a Baker breakdown by tomorrow, too. So we'll see if that shakes out. But, John, talk to me, man. We're like, what, five days removed from the Chiefs game? Where you at? Do you feel better than you did before? Worse? You know, you got some uh, you got some injury stuff that's shaking out from now to then. We know Dell's not back. I'm just kind of curious where you're at after the game and what you thought about it in general. You know, I'm I'm pretty much in the same place that I was uh, Sunday night. Uh, you know, obviously this thing is less, but you know the the general feelings about the game are uh, are the same. Uh, I still feel very good, generally speaking, about uh, how the entire team looked. I love uh, what the offense was doing. Um, I think Baker played a great game that indicated that we have almost a hundred percent carryover from what he was doing his last twelve games of last season. So, like, all those things are really good. Um, I've tried to just wait for smarter minds to break down the defense. So, 
that I don't just flip out about a couple of plays in my layman's view of that. But, um, you know, I'm feeling good. I feel, you know, I feel strong about coming in. I also think we had a pretty good um, finger on the pulse with regards to what was important in that game. So, that, you know, I think that we, we kind of called some things out last week of some keys that I think were keys and uh, for better or worse. Yeah, I, I definitely talked with, with uh, John Stephenson about the lack of, it felt like paying attention to 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 Kelsey, I, I I know I know you can only do so much, but I would have preferred maybe maybe finding ten snaps where you roll your cover three safety down into his area and sort of pigeonhole him, right? Like, I just some there were some things, and I addressed them with John in the video that you'll see tomorrow. Like, I addressed some things that I would have done differently. But yeah, we were talking about the two dangerous weapons, and those two dangerous weapons were the guys that got him. But again. You know, if you if you if you keep them under thirty five and you can score five touchdowns, you can beat Kansas City. It's not an easy task, but you know their defense isn't world beating in terms of sheer talent. Like you can score no. touchdowns on those guys. So, listen, it's it's a game. I feel like if it were week eight, they would have handled far better. I think there were some week one nerves, some uh, remembering that this is the place that are, and that was the thing that Nick Chubb said, right, John? Like Nick Chubb's like. Well, we lost last year in the in the playoffs, and it ended our season. And then we lost, you know, yesterday in unceremonious fashion, and we felt like our season was over in a weird way again. Because that's what you remember, like you just remember yeah. that feeling. So you got to like pick yourself up and and remind yourself that oh yeah, we have sixteen more games to play. So we'll see how the leadership does. I think it'll tell a real story this week to this past week to this week to see if they. I've said it all week on this pod too. Like can't let the Chiefs beat you more than once, right? You can't right. let that game linger and cost you two winnable games here so we'll see now um, go ahead real quick though before we uh move on from that like i just want to take two things on kelsey like one of those things was and i hope that you guys covered this in there is you know what they were trying to do with those zone coverages it didn't you know versus you know space dropping versus kind of some pattern matching that kind of stuff. So that that I think was frustrating to watch in the moment because it just seemed like he was able to find the open space. But the other part of that that I wanted to roll back to was watching that Manning cast the next time they had Kelsey on. He tied it. I immediately you know perked my ears up when Kelsey was talking about freelancing, and I wonder you know how much you can really do if you're not. Uh, in man coverage against him because he basically said they got freedom to just wing it inside there. I don't know if you, uh, if you saw that part of the Manning cast there, but it basically uh, it's summed up by saying that they do pretty much wing it um, quite often. It seemed like, uh, Oh, there's a hundred percent option routes. They, they sniff it out, man. Like they, I think they run three way go option routes and, it's tough, right? It's tough, but that's where I was talking about. If you go back and watch the Tyreek Hill touchdown, it's cover three, and they roll MJ Stewart down to the to the field side, and that's where Kelsey is in the slot, and they bracket him, take him away. It was actually one of their better coverage plays of the entire game. It just so happened that they both D tackles went from went from three techs to the A gap, and clog themselves up so Mahomes does his vertical to horizontal scramble step up slide out to the right and you know Jordan Elliott's a step behind him because he's congested in the middle stacked right on top of Malik Jackson so 
it was a matter of inches there, but they covered everything perfectly. They had everybody in the right spot, and, and John Johnson tries to turn the ball, reaches his hand back, and is about two inches from tipping it away. But Right, that, that fantastic throw from, uh, from Mahomes where he yeah. eats it. It, it, <laughs> you know, 50 yards downfield. Yeah, let's fawn over the sidearm throw where he chucked. It's a that's a turnover worthy ball. I don't care if it worked it out. It's a process <laughs> that I don't believe in. And I think if you're going to say, well, he meant to throw it behind, and he knew John Johnson was going to turn his head. Okay, dude, come on. I, I get it. There's plenty of things to fawn over Pat Mahomes about, but let's stop. Just stop. So that got out of control. But you know, they they are who they are. They're they're not going to <clears throat> allow deep middle plays. They don't want to give up those plays. They funnel everything, man. They 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 will let you take six yard gains for the most part. Now they did sprinkle in like twenty percent of man, and they they gave it a go, and they did. But they're they're going to funnel you. But what they have to get better at is understanding route leverage. They don't seem to understand the concepts teams will throw at them. Now this is one game in. I got to say in the KC game. They didn't have a feel for what routes were being run, that routes paired together. And we talk about it in the pod, and we definitely broke down the the touchdown that the three by one touchdown where they're running that flare motion and they just literally just there's nobody there. They dink it to Kelsey standing there wide open. It's a cover three miss miscue or sorry, a a linebacker rotation miscue that was happening that they took advantage of two times. We covered that. We covered the Kelsey just straight up five yard out where he's got that option route and Malcolm Smith is playing ridiculous inside leverage and two man at the 10 yard line. Right. And MJ Stewart is, is standing in the end zone, just watching it. And it's like, the thing I want them to do when they play KC again is bracket like, no, Hey man, he wants to go to 87. Like he just does make him throw the ball to Demarcus Robinson. And maybe Robinson makes plays or Nicole Hardman makes plays, but take away his bread and butter. At least it's like it's like making Danny Green beat you, you know. You kind of like Harrison Barnes. Roll the dice, whatever, you know. I just yeah, I that, just I mean, would rather them the whole thing. be creative yeah. and try some things here and there. Somebody brought this up on Twitter to that point where it was like the anti um, Belichick method of taking away what you do best and making you do something with the rest. And we did like the opposite because the entire offense still just went. I mean, what? Um, I think it was 17 of 23 passes, something like that, went to Kelsey and, uh, you know, and Hill. And that was basically the entirety of the expected points there. I mean, you know, so it was just uh, the antithesis of what you've seen Belichick do for the last 15 years. Yeah, because what you bank on with that, John, is like with that discomfort of taking away what you like to do, what you know to do, what you're most comfortable, that you will make a mistake. You know, you'll force some things. You'll get discomfort to creep in, and then you'll do something stupid, right? Uncharacteristic. And that's what you bank on with that. You know, you're taking away, trying to take away those guys, make other guys beat you. And sometimes plays like we saw in the Raiders, you know, Ravens game, right? Where uh, I don't, I think it was Zay Jones on a man coverage team. He just gets picked and it works out. Like that happens though, but you're not, Mm -hmm. not been out of shape about that. Like if that's DeMarcus, I, I say, hey man, at least you're trying to take away 10 and 87 because. It's death by a thousand cuts. Those guys are so in sync that they'll just do it. Now, again, there's the other side of the coin, which says, hey, we made them punt two times and we made them kick field goals two times. And that's enough to win the game. So it did, in theory, work, in my opinion. You're not going to hold Kansas City to under 30 points that often. It's rare, you know, like it's super, super rare. 
And you have to score the points at the end of the game that the Browns needed to score, and they win. It's a completely different conversation, and we're probably hearing a little bit more praise about, hey, man, held them under 35. Look at this. It's just, it's a framing thing. I just think if this game were week eight where they'd been exposed to gigantic crowds, less nerves from your punter because he's got rocking and rolling again in a raucous environment, same with your quarterback, same with the communication, you know, the two uh, illegal motion penalties, like you eliminate those because of, you know, just being in the environment. Those plays were plays where Baker just didn't think about it, right? Right. The crowd's going crazy. He doesn't think to look if the guy's set. And I don't, I've not been out of shape, dude. I, the more I've gotten away from it, the even less I care about that game. I just hope that the Chubb comment that was said doesn't, doesn't linger, where that, you know, you leave that game and you think, well, our season's not over now. You know, I, you just don't want those vibes to carry on, you know, because that's. And, the, and let's say this. Let's say this, you know, for anybody who's thinking it was like last year, okay? No, we covered a monstrous gap, all right? Anybody who thinks that we were all that close, missing a, a quarter and a half of Pat Mahomes is a huge flipping yeah. deal. Yeah. You know, the offense scored at, you know, at will for most of that game up until basically the Chubb fumble. But, you know, if you look at where the number one D, uh, DVOA offense, I mean, our our numbers are off the charts for this offense we made up a huge amount of ground to play a full game at arrowhead um against uh you know pat mahomes and this team like so if you if you are sitting here thinking that it was just like last year no no no. okay we really weren't that close and if pat played the whole game you know you can you see how quickly things turn and if you don't think that that's exactly what was going to happen last year in the playoffs that he played a full game you're out of your skull yeah. You know, so, you know, that's just the other point I want to make, uh, you know, here that we we played a complete game with them. And if if that's what it is, that first game of this season, we're four points away from them in their stadium making mistakes. That's pretty damn good. And a lot farther than we were in January. For sure. I, I would completely agree with that, that, that I, I left that playoff game thinking the Browns had a chance to steal it because they had a chance to steal right. it because of the situation with Pat. I left this game this year thinking. I think this team is better. I just think that they had a growing moment where they lost when they shouldn't have lost. There, I mean, again, I cannot reiterate the things I've heard. Uh, I cannot reiterate enough the things I've heard from people that were at that game about how loud it was. And again, you you were, and I know everyone on the team is exposed to that. They played college ball, whatever. But you 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 go away from it for a year. It's a lot, and I just think that there's some elements to week one nerves in the situation up against the I'm just your two exposures have been tough losses in Kansas City you need to come home and just beat the shit out of the Texans and just feel good about yourself and there's no reason to think that shouldn't happen so that's a bow tie on Kansas City I wrote on Anthony Schwartz Uh, John wrote a great rookie write-up collectively check those two pieces out I would have wrote more as usual like I said but the travel stuff got a got away from me but we've covered it extensively on this podcast the last few days so if there's any more you're craving from that game you can find it and again tomorrow there will be film breakdowns and three different elements of that game for your consumption purposes let's talk about around the afc north um (laughs) so much uh cincinnati feeling great about themselves um and 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 the minnesota and they probably they should you know you get you you get a home win and you kick it to walk off and all of that and I'm not worried about the Bengals. I don't know how much you watched of that game. I'm just not. I'm not too too worried about them. No, I think they uh, they do seem like who I thought they would be. You know, I think they're going to have a year that's somewhat like 
Baker's rookie season where they're going to have a lot more fun than they had last year and, and previous years before that. But ultimately, you know, seven and 10 seems about right. Maybe, you know, maybe six and 11, something like that. Definitely not scary. And uh, neither are the Vikings, to be honest. No, Just since I, we're talking about that game. Yeah, the week four. <laughs> Irv Smith loss hurts them significantly. And I just, the Cincinnati thing, we'll see how it shakes out. I still don't think Joe is all too confident. You know, he walked off the field, beat up a couple times, limping. I think Joe's a great quarterback. I think he's got a bright future in the NFL. But there's just, there, there are such key pieces missing from that team that you can't take them as light as you have in previous years. But there, there there's holes there that you can you can certainly see. But that's a good win for them. Uh, given that they let Minnesota come back in that game. Uh, Pittsburgh goes into Buffalo, right? Shocks uh, the NFL. I mean, shocks most people, maybe unless you lived in Pennsylvania or you're one of the people in Southeast Ohio who love Pittsburgh, which is way too many. Um, <laughs> yeah, I, I, that game is so weird. I thought it was a game where the NFL is a, is a, is a hunger business. I say that all the time. It's a motivation business. Buffalo, I think, had a little bit of we show up, we'll win. Uh, going on there, uh, in my opinion, as far as drive and making winning plays, those effort plays, I didn't didn't see a ton of that from them. And if you let Pittsburgh linger, listen, man, they're going to do the same old thing they've done for like the past five years, which is chuck it up a couple times down the sideline, and you're going to get a PI call, or maybe Chase Claypool will come in and, and and somehow steal one. Like it's that's their offense. They still can't run. Complete and again, the Buffalo defensive line linebacker group is not great run defense wise. Like they, they're just they're not great. They're okay, but they're not great. So Pittsburgh again spends a first round pick on a back, and 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 they'll have some games that are fine. But Pittsburgh doesn't scare me offensively. Ben still looks like he shot putting the thing around. He'll throw some things collectively, put some drives together here and there. But you know, Ben getting to when, when does Cleveland even play Pittsburgh? Like. Week 10? I mean, it's late. They don't play Pittsburgh until late, so we'll see. I just, I know Pittsburgh won. Good on them. That's great. Happy for them. Whatever. I just still don't view them as a serious contender. They'll win games because that's their, that's their, you know, their DNA, but, um, it's, it's, uh, it's just not a team I'm afraid of. I think you can manage Pittsburgh better than you ever could before. Yeah, I think it was more annoying than anything else. You yeah, know, I feel true. like now all of a sudden they're going to find their way to to nine ten games that I didn't really feel like they should. Um, I hope they know, do. I a, hope they go nine and eight and they don't get a quarterback and they 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 go into the wasteland. Right? Fair enough. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you're talking about one of the worst games that Ben has played on a PFF grade basis and probably EPA as well um, in a couple of years. So I mean, he was terrible. He was, he was like bottom of the NFL terrible um that was you know not quite as bad as Baker was against Pittsburgh in the first round um you know the first go about last year but uh he was he was horrendous and the offensive line was really bad and like you said you know you're not dealing with a Buffalo team that you know Las Vegas is going to give them a harder time than Buffalo did in the in the defensive front for that regard you know so it'll be very interesting I think uh, to watch, you know, how Crosby and um, Ngakwe and uh, Nassib look against that Pittsburgh line this this week. But um, I think they pretty much are who we thought. You know, they have a terrible offensive line. Um, it's going to limit Harris. It's going, you know, Ben is not coming back any better than he was last year. So I, I think we can definitively say that, in my opinion, that 
anybody that thought maybe a year removed from coming back from that injury that maybe he had a little bit left in the tank, he doesn't. If he's starting the year off like this, yeah. um, he's going to look better. real bad once. Yeah, <laughs> when, once that weather turns, it's not going to be pretty. You know, so it yeah. just looks hard for him to throw, John. It just looks it hard. Does. He had to. He pushed one. I'm not aware. I know the Buffalo winds can get swirly up there, but. He put one ball up the right sideline. Now, we're doing our, our little Twitch pregame show, and I'm kind of half-watching, half-talking. And I was like, that ball maybe went 35 yards, and it looked like it needed every part of Ben's body to get out there. <laughs> so he'll make the easy throws, and there'll be some easy throws that come up because they're skilled at wide receiver. There's no doubt about that. But just like what they are is a team that is so not built for sustainability in the modern NFL. And I just... I just don't fear them. I don't fear them, and I don't know where their future's going because and, and this draft does not have a quarterback for them. It doesn't. No, it doesn't. It won't at their uh, at their spot. It definitely won't. And what happened with this Matt Canada offense? You know what happened with this play action and uh, being they can't under put center. him under center. They can't. Yeah, His knees right. won't do it, dude. That's why I'm talking to these Pittsburgh people. Uh, and they're like, yeah, man, Matt Canada fly sweep stuff. Loves it. Play action. Blah, 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 blah. <laughs> Bro, that guy's going to be camped out in the shotgun like Woodstock 69. Like that guy is not, <laughs> he doesn't want anything to do with running eight yards deep off play action in a five-step drop like or a nope. boot. He can't do it. He's a Hall of Famer. Like, shout out, Ben. You dominated Cleveland forever. You're fine. Cool. Great. You did. You listen. You've done things in your career the Browns dream of doing. But like, that's you're. It's over. It's over. And the fact that they couldn't see that is, I'm happy. But they'll win some games because again, they're very skilled at certain positions. They'll win games. Uh, and the I'm kind of happy. Is legit. And we, it is very legit. It is. It is legit. But. Uh, they, I don't think Buffalo did a great job of exposing the discipline of the the secondary in Pittsburgh, and I think the Browns do a great job of testing that and keeping their D line honest, which is the thing. You got to keep those guys honest in Buffalo because you you start doing your predictable pass stuff, and in those the Watts and the Haywards and all of them can pin their ears back. You're gonna find yourself in trouble. You gotta you gotta put them in a in a blender sometimes, and that's what Cleveland can do. And I I love that about this offense. So. That's enough on those guys. We'll, we'll check in on them every week, but the writing is on the wall. Like their book has been written, in my opinion. Um, Baltimore <clears throat> dealing with more injuries this week now. Westry is hurt too. I mean, that sucks. Uh, even though we all genuinely have a disregard for Baltimore and disdain and all of it, but the injuries part sucks. But they got to play games, and <laughs> we're going to get into this quarterback conversation in a minute about how. There's like these quarterbacks who are playing different games. It's almost like a starter reliever type thing where they're all pitchers, but they do a different thing, right? Like, I think it's 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 getting the gap between how certain quarterbacks play and are judged is widening. And Lamar is a perfect example. I thought he was he was putrid. Now you can use the excuse you want. You can say the offensive line was bad, and I know Ronnie Stanley's about to be out. Yada yada yada. That's fine. But I watched that game, and I know I know the Raiders' defense is not that good, and. <laughs> They they looked pretty miserable unless Lamar gets out of the pocket or does something crazy uh, with his feet, which again he can do. So that's what they're to me. That's what they're going to rely on this year is Lamar making hero plays, which again he can do. But how many games are you winning on hero plays, and how many games can you keep winning when your defense? is doing what their defense is doing, which is, is I don't know if Martindale has any other approach to football than how he plays it. So seeing them 
blitz 20% of the time will be the weirdest <laughs> thing in the world. So I don't know. Where are you at on Baltimore? No, I mean, uh, yeah, to, to just pick right up where you left off there. I mean, you, you can't, you can't continue this defense with, um, you know, down one of your major pieces, you know, Baltimore relies on those corners. That's, that's their whole defensive strategy. You know, they got role players up front for, uh, for rushing the passer. Um, and you know, they rely on creativity and, you know, crazy blitzes and man coverage. And I'm sorry, Humphrey cannot do it himself. He can't, mm-hmm. uh, you know, the, so it, that better is stop putting to... those play quits on tape. Like you better oh, figure <laughs> out a way to stop that. I had to retweet those the one ugly. from Cleveland last year. Cause it's like, those are bad. And I know he's smart enough to know he's out of the play, but like, dude, that just looks quitting. And I, and what was the, who was the safety there? Help me out. Uh, pretty good. Uh, Earl, Earl Thomas. If you go back and watch that Nick Chubb 90 yard run, they had in Baltimore to ice that game away. Like he quit. They, that's some weird stuff there. But anyway, keep going. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Yeah, they're used to winning. Uh, you know, in most situations they do, uh, you know, with, with the defense that they play. And, you know, it's it's pretty, um, you know, it's an excellent style to play if you can rely on those corners. But, boy, is that not a massive, um, you know, hinge point. And and so you lose Peters for for the year, and now you're lying on, on one corner. You You have to adjust. I mean – I will be extremely interested to watch them this week against Kansas City. Now, granted, Kansas City really only has the one, so sure, you could put Humphreys on on Hill and try and make uh, Harbin beat you, which is what they're going to do. But uh, it'll be interesting to see how that works out because Kelsey is just going to feast against their linebackers. So, <clears throat> I mean uh, – I think other than that defense, that's for so that's the real problem. I mean, that's that's how they play their their defense. It is now fatally flawed, in my opinion. Yeah. With with Peters going down for the year, and I think you're 100 percent right that I don't think they have it in them to change. Um, we'll see if they can prove me wrong on that. The on the offensive side, I mean, you hit it on the head. I mean, it's just hero ball, and uh, they you should be very, very concerned if you're a Baltimore fan and you're looking at that offensive line because, like you said, the, these Raiders are not great. And they had, what was it? It was Ngakwe and um, and uh, Max Crosby topped all of the single games that uh, Khalil Mack had in his career for the Raiders, both of them. And the number one and number two uh, pressures 
uh, in or uh, pass rush grades in a single game. They topped them all, both of them, for that game. And uh, you know, particularly Max Crosby had something like 13 pressures. Like Miles Garrett dominated last week. Let me give you a comparison, okay? Miles Garrett dominated last week. Didn't get home much, but he had eight pressures. That was good for like second in the league ahead of that Monday night game. Crosby had 13. <laughs> and yeah. Uh, now they have was, to shift Villanueva over to the left side, which I know he has played more left, but with Staley out, it's right. it's just I mean, it's, it's just got potential to be a disaster. You know? It's just going to get worse. That was twenty five percent of his entire total last year. Crosby, he had like forty eight. He had forty eight pressures the entire sixteen game season, and I checked to make sure that he played sixteen. He did. So you know that is that is really really bad um in terms of what they're going to be dealing with on the offensive line and if they have nobody to run the ball because they have their top three running backs out they have the worst offensive line probably in Lamar's career that he's dealing with uh they have injuries at wide receiver i mean this uh this team went from you know a front runner a front runner in the division to um, they're dead in the water. I, I don't know where they're going to end up, honestly. Don't like Pittsburgh. They'll steal some games. They'll win some games. Right. And I want them For to. Sure. I want them to win like seven games. Like that's right. The, I don't want them the in spot. the top ten. Yeah. I don't want them in the top ten. I agree. And and two, it's like, you know, they'll be able to do what they do with this offensive line, which is not block people and run option and read them. And they'll, they'll do that stuff a lot. And they'll... They'll make plays, but you're going to have to play 16 games where some of them, a lot of them, you're going to have to throw a lot. And not like Lamar throws one great ball and everybody tweets it and says, like, he can't pass with the weird capitalization thing, <laughs> you know, like people love to do. But I'm, you know, like watching Lamar's going to have to sit in and chuck it like a lot. Like they're going to make him do that. That's what teams should be doing. And he'll make some here and there. But the, the consistency stuff is not real. It's just not. And if you want to, like, like look at certain aspects of Lamar that make it look, you know, make it paint a different picture. Because again, this is a segue to what we're talking about because guys who can run create opportunities organically for their throwing. Right. Um, Because defenses have to play them differently. I expect defenses just to sit and and make them throw. Like I I don't, you know, you can run it here and there, but we're going to, we're going to make you throw more than ever. And he can do it some some he's fine for the most part, but that's not it's not who he is. It's just not. That's not a knock on him. It's just who he is. So I I would expect defenses to you know, try to play from teams to try to play from out in front and make him have to throw the football downfield as often as you can. No, that's always the formula, but you can't be that way when you think about, man, we got to really try to figure out a way to score on that defense. I just think the intimidation with them is gone like the intimidation factor that they have traditionally Agreed. brought. So we'll see, man. We're going to see how it shakes out. You, you know, it's ingrained in our our DNA to to never count these teams out. And again, I'm not. I'm really not. They, they could end up better than we think. I just sitting here right now with how good I think the Browns really are, I do think they're good. And I don't think that's, you know, the typical homerism thing. Like, we'll see how good they are this week. It'll tell us a little more about last week, but... I just I just don't see it it would be not like disappointed season failure stuff but they need to win this division this year. It is all the stars are aligned to get it done and bar, barring freak injuries which we've you know we've seen some O-line injuries pop up this week. We don't think the severity is that bad but you just you just got to really uh with how long their first portion of the season is before the bye week. I don't think the bye week is until like later October or November. Um, just get through it healthy, man. Play good enough, get through it healthy, right. and, 
And uh, I think you can win this division with 11 wins this year. I really do. I think you can go 11-6 and win the division. And that's the goal. Get a home playoff game, man. I don't care how that home playoff game looks. Get it. So that kind of wraps up the AFC North. And, and that, you know, it segues to our talking point, which is I wish, I wish, John, that there was a way to evaluate – sort of how difficult a quarterback's collective throws are throughout a game. Like, even though Baker goes 9 of 9 with a buck 60 for play action, plays great, most passing yards I'll play, those throws he was making, bro, were not easy. They were not easy. <laughs> you know, the only one I thought that was pretty easy was the Schwartz two throws. I thought he could have thrown a better ball up the left sideline. I definitely thought he threw that ball on the pylon route. I thought it was good enough. I thought Schwartz got a little wonky in how he tracked it, but... Those were the only two throws where I was like, okay, pretty clear separation. Otherwise, he was throwing tight window keyhole type throws several different times. And the difference, again, between the throws that Pat is making and, and, and Baker making are different, which, again, goes back to the point, John, of like these guys are playing different games. And it's so weird. Like the future of quarterback is running. It just it just seems to be because it what it does – is we used to look at running from the mic the microscope of they're going to get hurt, right? I don't want to expose them to hits. And while that was true in the 80s and 90s and early 2000s when when defenders could come rip your head off, right? That was true. And I think you did you did fear your Mike Vicks of the world getting really seriously hurt in the open field or any quarterback designed run. Nowadays, there's less dangerous hitting going on. Defenders are scared to hurt quarterbacks. And it's like you try to find the Kylers of the world, those types, and even Pack, because Pack and Run, as we just saw, who can who can really change games with their legs because what you're seeing is less of a fear from the offensive standpoint of running your quarterback, and it's making defenses play different coverages. The coverages Baker sees as a guy who can run a little bit, but is definitely not a running quarterback, are completely different than what we see the Lamars, the Mahomes, the Kylers deal with. And I think that that is something that has to be considered down the line as we watch the game evolve is less is is less so that my quarterback will get hurt because they can protect themselves in such a better way these days. I mean, when's the last time you saw a quarterback like like really get hurt running? It just doesn't seem to happen as much anymore maybe i'm just blanking right now john no no i might be it might be robert griffin I yeah mean, that's that, that's, that's probably it that's probably it but it's like you don't you just don't see them get hurt the way people fear because they can slide and when you slide you can't get hit and people are generally afraid of like if you hit a quarterback the wrong time the wrong way you're going to get like a, the mob is going to come after you so they're protecting quarterbacks beyond just the pocket right they're protecting them outside the pocket so that's where things get really interesting to me is if you have the threat of a quarterback who can run, it is changing how defenses are played. This is why I'm so interested in how the Browns play this week, for example, or whoever else they play the rest of the year is like, are they doing the Mahomes thing or are they going to try to get more creative against guys that they care less about whether they move around or not? Because what it does is it creates opportunities. Like the, the Pat just has to kind of point guard it. Like, He's just kind of getting it from A to B most of the time because teams are so afraid of his his guys and his ability. And it's the same with Lamar. A lot of Lamar's passing opportunities are generated because of fear of how they have to play the run game and how it's unique 
and how it's different, right? So you literally, you literally can't play man against him. You you, you, can, know? you really can't. Yeah. So Go ahead. Just, I, I mean, it, I'm just off it, on a tangent here, but I just feel like sometimes I watch Baker play because that's who I watch all the time, and then I'll key in on a game like that. I went and watched the Arizona game and Tennessee, and I watched. You know, obviously we all watch Baltimore and. Um, you know, the Raiders, it's like they're just, these defenses are playing, and the Browns defense, even in that game, they're just playing a different game. And it's it's just, Baker's life is so much more difficult. That's why when people are like, well, all he needs or all he can use is play action. Well, it's like, okay, <laughs> he doesn't have the added luxury that some others got, other guys do, so the coaching staff tries to help create those luxuries. Does that make him any less valuable when he's a pinpoint play action passer? No. That's what is so stupid to me. We judge, we don't talk about the, the, and again, this is just like these guys have natural talent, so I'm not taking anything away from the running quarterbacks, but it does create opportunities similar to what it does as Baker turns his back and extends the football to fake a handoff. That, to me, is how you match the things that these running quarterbacks get. Does that make sense? No, it does. And let me let me take a rip at, at some of this because, um, you know, I think, you got to kind of set Pat aside. He's a, he's athletic enough to run. He's a little more athletic than than Baker. Um, he can throw from his arm angles. Like he he's a unicorn. So I'm going to set him aside. But you know you got a um, you know Lamar Jackson's a great you know counter to this. You know because he's otherworldly. He forces you to you can't turn your back to him. That's why you can't play man. You can't turn your back to him because. They can run four verts, and if you're playing man, he's just going to take off, and he's going to have a you know a um, you know a canyon of space to run in front of him, and you know God help you if you let this guy get in space. Um, so uh, that is an advantage. Like people got to understand, like that is a huge advantage, very akin to you know a good play action game where you know you have fooled the defense and you are creating some open players. Well, you know Lamar. Really, his only task, you know, I want to do this by be respectful, but, you know, like his task as a quarterback, if he learned to just absolutely slice and dice zone, then you wouldn't be able to stop him because you can't play tight man coverage against him because he will punish you for that on his own. He doesn't need any help for that. Yeah, it's a fact. So, you know, um, so, yeah, I think that it is fair to, you know, to say that, that play action is uh, a nice counter to quarterbacks who, you know, are more pocket oriented that don't have that, uh, you know, and you're talking about, you know, good quarterbacks when you're, you know, Tom Brady can't run with the ball. Uh, you know, Justin Herbert isn't going to be running the ball. Um, you know, Baker is not really going to be, they can, they can move, you know, they can, they can bumble forward if you let, you know, if you let that happen and those types of things, yeah. but this, you know, it's not the kind of, the same threat we're talking about um and i'll tell you like um you know you, you mentioned like the the you know the job being harder for baker i mean a lot of this has to do with uh receivers you know i mean you you want to take anybody who has a better epa over the last you know year and a half with baker find somebody with a receiving core uh that matches the kind of separation he has you you're not going to find him above him in terms of EPA and, and grades and those kind of things. And you talked about the, uh, you know, trying to find, you know, some numbers. I finally found the right stat for this. 
All right. So I just want to read this off real quick. All right. Um, so next gen stats has it's it's called aggressiveness percent percentage. All right. So aggressiveness percentage. This is defined as uh, aggressiveness tracks the amount and they use player tracking helmet data, GPS data. All right. So this is very, very accurate stuff. Nobody's like making sub, uh, sub, uh, subjective calls on these types of things. Uh, aggressiveness tracks the amount of passing attempts a quarter makes a quarterback makes that are into tight coverage where a defender is within one yard or less of the receiver at the time of completion or incompletion. All right. So I'm going to give you two games here, right? I'm going to give you last year's game against Kansas city, uh, Baker Mayfield, 13.5% aggressiveness, 13.5% of his passes were into tight coverage. Pat Holmes, 3.3%. Uh, that reflects pretty accurately what we were seeing on the field. Now, go to this year. <laughs> Check this one out, all right? Week one, Baker Mayfield leads the entire league, 32.1% in this aggressive percentage. Pat Mahomes, he is third from the bottom at 83 <laughs> so it tells a story that, john it tells a yes, story that is look at that gap so when you're talking about those things there's the numbers that say exactly what you're seeing with your eyes so it's just um, they're, yeah they're just playing a different game and it's not again yeah. it's you're walking this you're you're dancing over a fine line here because you're not trying to take away from those guys who can run like that is awesome if your quarterback can do it it's awesome and it's less of a thing you should fear than you used to fear you know what i mean so from a from a like my guys are running quarterback i don't want that he can, you shouldn't fear it that way anymore so that's where things get so interesting to me is how do the browns in there and they're probably asking that question and they're still probably asking it right like because that those numbers you read from week one are real so what you need to do is how do I create some advantages for my young quarterback to take advantage of pretty strong play action ability? And that's how you do it. That's how you give him some of the windows that other quarterbacks create organically. You have to manufacture them. That doesn't take away from Baker because I don't think he's just a a, a jag in terms of what he performs off of play action. So again, that that's just the thing. Like people want to blame Baker for that stuff or take it away from him. Well, why he's good at it. The other guys still get play action. Mahomes was one of the top play action quarterbacks in football last year. So, you know, it's not like Baker's doing something that nobody else is allowed to do. Right. No, so, no. And, and like, he'll, he'll, like, he'll, I'll close with this real quick. Like he'll, he'll, he'll get there. The hope John is someday that they're in third and 13s and we're pretty confident he'll figure it out. You know, like that's, that's it. Like someday there might be where he's in year five, six, seven, where these guys get, and they're more pick-apart defenses on their own without any sort of play action, right? Or any help. I, I don't. It's not even help. Like, just uh, just, just kind of non-play action, straight drop throws. And I still think he could do more of it than they, they give him credit for. But, I, you know, that's what you want. It's like down the line, you, you put more and more in his pocket to do, right? That's what you want. So, I don't know. It, that, that's what's kind of fascinating i don't know if i'm even saying it the right way but that's it's a longer process right now they're doing things and i just think play action is framed as cheating somehow and it's not it's it's an element that you can use at any time there is no rule in saying you have 22 play action plays in a game and that's it it's all you can do not allowed <laughs> to go over it you can do it anytime you want so 
he gets like it's for the other guys it's this oh my god look at them they can do this the they 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 create those opportunities right on good for you but if baker does something that helps to to kind of level that playing field a little bit it's a knock on him so i don't i don't totally understand but your point there with the stats about the aggressiveness rate is so good it tells every part of the story you and i have been talking about for for what it seems like forever now let me and let me get let me give one more um you know bit of context for that okay um Baker led the league, like I said, in this aggressive percentage, 32% of his throws into these tight windows. His completion percentage was 75%. His expected completion percentage was 60. He's 15 points above what you would expect for a guy having to throw into those windows. Here's number two, Ben Roethlisberger, 31.3. Very close, right? Very close to the same aggressive uh, percentage. Ben Roethlisberger was minus 8.1 in expected completion percentage. He completed 56% of his throws for 188 yards. All right. You know, the number three guy, Tua, 25. So now we're getting pretty far away from 32 here, but 25.9%. He was negative 3.5 in expected completion percentage. He completed 59.3% of his passes. You know, so you take those top three that are, you know, even in the, you know, you know Ben's almost on the line two is a good amount below these guys both these guys completed less than what they thought less than 60 percent of their throws baker completed 75 percent. so don't even come at me with it's the play action that you know that made that happen he's actually completing these at extremely high level for having these tight windows as well so yep just about this point man the only thing kind of lingering is the sample size grows it keeps growing right. Just keep going, man. Keep going and win some games at the end, and I think it'll happen again. I really do. It's just gonna. It's just gonna happen. There's always those guys who start their career and you're like, he can't finish games or he can't, you know, whatever. Like it just he'll turn a corner. I have no doubt about it. He. I thought he started to turn a corner last year. I actually, I had nothing but confidence they're going to go down and win that game. And and again, if you you'll see you'll see the O line video, John. You got to watch it. The video I do with Kyle to to show you why it happened. It's the weirdest thing. Petonio thinks the ball is thrown. He thinks it's thrown because Baker pumps. The guy that is engaged to Treader next to him jumps. So Petonio looks downfield. As he's looking downfield because he thinks it's thrown, he kind of stops because he's expecting like, oh, the ball's gone, right? This guy next to me, I felt him jump up in the air. And that's when Sorensen is able to like, oh, he didn't throw it, relocate quickly and dive and trip him. It's the it's the wildest Oof. thing. It's the wildest Ugh. thing. If that doesn't happen, the game goes on, and maybe they go down and win it. That's the football is like that game of uh, what's Al Pacino, the game of inches, right? Like they're all around. Oh, absolutely. So, yep. all right, bro. Fun time as usual, man. These are going to be our every Friday guys. So, uh, hope you're enjoying them. If you're not, kind of like politely piss off. We're just going to keep talking, and uh, <laughs> and and if you ever want to throw some topics at us, that like, hey, Jake, hit me up on Twitter. Hey, you and John, will you guys talk about this this week, or what do you think? Always willing to have those suggestions. You guys have done really great with those. So check uh, check YouTube. Make sure you check out and see the uh, three films that I'll have up there. I'll keep them separated so you can just quickly jump through whatever one you want to watch. Defense, offensive line, and a Baker breakdown. And that's it. And we'll have some Texans stuff going up over the next few days. I'll have a Texans guest on to talk about them for your Know Your Foe this weekend. It'll be a fun time. John, you're the man, dude. I appreciate you. Thanks, Jake. I appreciate it. Always a good time, man. All right, guys, that's a wrap for today's episode. Keep spreading the word about this pod. I appreciate your downloads are crazy. You're supporting me. You're supporting my family. We really appreciate you guys very, very much. Have a great Friday. 
and we'll catch up on Saturday morning. Until then, go Browns. I'm Mark Chapman. Welcome to the Planet Premier League podcast. Each week, Cesc Fabregas, Nader Manua and myself talk all things Premier League. As a player, you don't have time to talk. No. You don't have time to make a plan. You just need to deal with wave after wave after wave. We watched Coach Carter and he said, oh, afterwards, the game's just about doing this for your teammates. And I remember looking around halfway through the film and half the squad was asleep. <laughs> Planet Premier League. Listen wherever you get your podcasts.